Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week and all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike Lepree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 66 of Screwball, and uh, kind of similar to a lot of weeks we kind of uh, talk about here, we got a slow news week. This might be one of the slowest that we've had, I'd say. I, me and Frank both had a hard time kind of finding stuff to talk about, but we always come with a good topic of conversation. Frank always brings us a good one. So, uh, the topic this week regards pitchers, and our pitchers... Or should pitchers be allowed to win MVPs? I believe that's how Frank presented it to me. So, uh, like we usually do, I'll let Frank kind of lead this off and kind of take the conversation the direction he kind of had in his head, and we'll go from there. So, yeah, so what do you think with the with this topic? Yeah, so I think this is a good topic um, mainly because we've seen it's the new age or the year of the pitcher, 2.0. We've seen with uh, Bob Gibson uh, in the past, and then that goes with DeGrom and his ERA. 10 starts um, and the comparisons to Bob Gibson and uh, Louis Tion and stuff like that. So I wanted to bring up, you know, pitchers being MVP because a lot of people think that DeGrom should be MVP. And I think the the answer really to that is no. Pitchers should never win MVP unless the pitcher's pitching 100 games. It's mm. as simple as that. I don't care if he – let's say he has 35 starts, right? Mm-hmm. He's playing in 35 games. That doesn't even qualify you as a position player for anything. And, it's it, you know, he could be 20 and 5. Okay, you won 20 games. You lost your five. Also, to break it down, to make it even simpler, a pitcher could actually never win you a game. And think about it this way. He could never give up a run. If you never score a run, he's never going to win you a game. Especially in the AL. So the, pitcher, yeah, the pitcher could pitch 15 innings. If you don't score a run, he had no. He literally did nothing. Mm. Oh, he kept us in the game. Well, there's no staff for keeping you in the game. <laughs> it's either you win a game or you lose a game. There's no hockey where you get points for tying. So, you know... Sure, he could he could pitch great, but if you don't score, then the pitchers can't really win you a game. It's mm. Just getting your innings at that point. So thanks for keeping it close by. You know someone's got to score for you. He only pitches once every five days or mm. six days even. So yeah, they, I mean you can have great years, but you I mean it's it's just you don't play enough games. You take a pitcher off. Let's say Degrom got hurt for two months for the Mets. Sure, that that's that sucks. What's he missing? Ten starts. That's it. And the replacement comes in, you end up winning four of them games. If he's there, you win seven. Right. You're yeah. missing a, you know, now if you're the Mets, you're missing Alonzo. Just to keep with the Mets, you're missing Alonzo for two months. That's 55 games. The guy comes in, the backup, let's say he doesn't do that great. He's just an average guy. You win a couple of games. If he's there, you're winning three, four, five more games. Makes a bigger difference. You're missing 60 games. This yeah. guy, if you miss 60 games as a pitcher, you miss two years. <laughs> you, have, true. you have such a little impact. Yeah, sure. Oh, okay, you know he's a win every time out. I get that. You know you got to be an ace. Mm-hmm. I get that. That's that's great. And you know, CC and guys like that we've seen in the, for the Yankees and and guys recently who were really labeled aces as their careers. Scherzer, Verlander. I mean, they're locked down as they come. <laughs> but they're going to pitch thirty times. What about the other hundred and thirty games? What if you won all thirty games? Yeah. What about the other hundred thirty? His thirty games ain't making even close to the playoffs. That guy's hitting 330. He'd help win a lot of games. So, I mean, I think for an MVP, for a pitcher, I mean, you'd have to be like 30 and all. 
with like a like a one ERA, pitch a bunch of complete games and stuff. I, I just I don't see it. Right, especially in ooh, modern baseball. Ooh, like an Otani, if you want to consider that, where he's hitting. Okay, that I get that. Yeah. He is contributing a lot to the team. But just to be straight pitcher, it's like well, the other four days. You know, it's it's I, I don't know to be the most valuable. You're gonna need a guy, your ace. You're gonna need a pitcher to be good to to win playoffs in the World Series. You're gonna need it. But the Grom's only pitching once every three days in the playoffs or four days. Yeah, and so and, someone's gonna hit for the other three days. Well, especially the, the day he's pitching, dude. He got hit for that day too. But still, the idea that you got he's got you know someone else got to win, otherwise it don't matter. Yeah. He wins one game, and then the next three games they lose. Well, is he really that valuable? No, I hear you. Yeah, absolutely. So that's how my I, I just don't I don't I don't think a pitcher should ever win MVP, and I don't think, and the Cy Young is there for that reason, for a pitcher that's the pitcher's MVP. I don't see you don't see a hitter. I mean, I, Will, Williams Alcidio should win the Cy Young then. What did he pitch like four innings this year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like well, no, well yeah, because he just doesn't belong there. You have a hitter's MVP and you have a you know pitcher's MVP. It's as simple as break broken down. So, and I get it. There's been MVPs in the past. Especially a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, Bob Gibson was one. His year was quite record-breaking. And still, I don't really agree that that MVP should have been won. Relievers win an MVP. I mean, at least they come in for 100 games. Right, right. We've seen. And at least that, you know, all right, he's, he's impacting quite some games. But even then, it's like, yeah. But he only comes in the game because someone else had a score. You know? Right, right. He's like, yeah. Mo's not coming in the game unless someone else is scoring. So he has no little, he has very little impact to get to where you're getting. Yeah. The other guys are scoring. They have the impact. They don't score. He ain't coming in. See, it's yeah. Same it, with Nguyen. Obviously, is a, is a great case because it's here and now. But also, great case for this point. They don't score. He is useless. You have to score, or the pitcher really just eats innings. Just gets you through the games. Like thanks for getting us to the game to the end of the game. We had no impact on the game. Oh, well, we kept it close, but there is no stat for that. Yeah. Kept us in the game. There's no stat for that. You don't score a run. You don't win. You don't help the team win. You really don't help. You want to get black and white with the stats. You really didn't help. So, I just don't see how a pitcher could be the most valuable player. Right. In a day and age like this. And uh, I just want to add context to context too to this because you've always had a problem. I remember Verlander won Verlander the MVP. Bothered me to, more than anyone because it was the first time I've really seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was ten years ago, and and Kershaw did it. That was the last two, and that's I brought while you were talking. I brought the stats up. Just to add a little context to why these guys won MVP. Not that I agree with or disagree with, I'm just adding context. So, in Clayton Kershaw's, he's the most recent, I believe, in 2014. Um, he had a 1.770 ERA, 21 and 3. And I think this is the stat that a lot of, especially modern baseball fans, look at. He had an 8 war. So, I think people look at war and say, well, he did, he added that many wins uh, versus another pitcher, but whatever. Um, and then in Verlander's case, he also was a 20-game winner, which, uh, you know, obviously in this day and age, really don't happen much. Like you said, if someone went 30-0, that, that would be that'd be the first time since the 60s, I'm pretty sure, or early 70s or something. Um, Verlander, in his MVP year, he only started 34 times. So even if he went out there 34 times and got 34 wins, it's still 34 wins. You know, granted, that's, that's damn impressive. But it's also, you know, you're more limited than a position player. Uh, he was 24-5 and with a 2.40. Uh, ERA, 250 strikeouts, and 8.4 war. So he beat out Jose Batista and Jacoby Ellsbury for MVP. I believe Ellsbury that year was a 30-30 guy, and I, Batista was in the middle of his 50 home run years at that point. So there's a great argument there, especially those years, who, you know, who was more valuable. 
you know, the Red Sox in that year, I, I don't, th- you know, they didn't win the World Series or anything. I don't know how valuable, you know, Ellsbury was to their chase. Uh, Blue Jays, same thing, yeah. you know. So does that contribute to it too? Is it the team winning or, you know? And that's, and that's a great case for Verlander. Mm. It was 24 wins. Yeah. Give me the game-winning run. Those 24 times. Now, one of them was Verlander. That's what gets me. He didn't win you. He did nothing to win you the game. Right. When you got the lead, he kept it. Mm. But when you got it, someone had to get it. So let's say Trout played 50 games this year. Give or take, yeah. Season's probably. done. He's the MVP. No. Why is it? Why is a pitcher MVP? Because let's be honest, they were they were at least 500 in the playoff race. I mean, now they're hot again. So mm. they are. But for a while, they were terrible when he got out. Mm-hmm. So obviously, he's valuable. Right. You really want to break down this award, you should go by when the guy gets hurt and the team starts struggling. Well, obviously, there's your value. Right, right. So, but, you know, great. I just don't, if there's no Cy Young, all right, maybe this is a different conversation. Mm. But there's a Cy Young award for this reason. The best pitcher. Yeah, I. Um, that's that's what I always kind of thought, too, was that the Cy Young was kind of relegated to having the best pitcher. And it just, it feels separate. You know, you have your position, best position player, which is the MVP, I always thought. I mean, granted, these years that these pitchers have are extraordinary years. I mean, they're pretty historic. A lot of these years are historic. But I still don't think, even years like that, I don't think that they're still as valuable, like I said, as a, a Jose Batista, who was hitting 40, 50 home runs and probably driving in 130 guys. You know, Jacoby Ellsbury, who's 30, 30 at a leadoff spot probably, or just about, and, uh, and, and driving in runs. Candidate. Yeah. So, I mean, it, granted, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm as – adamant about it as you with the MVP I think that's fair to say I, I don't mind it as much as you but I still do have a problem with it yeah. you know I, I don't think I think that the Cy Young is enough right you know I, I don't th- I think that's the pitcher's award you know look at Shane Bieber last year what he won the triple crown in pitching that's enough of a and he didn't win MVP he would, I don't think he even was yeah, no, uh, even considered listen you want to put him in a vote give him some votes yeah hey listen he finished third in the MVP great you he know? was that good I get it or hey nobody played good yeah. It's like the dead ball era. You got a guy batting, you know, 200 with like one home run. Mm. All right. Things like that come up, I guess. But you're turning away guys who had historic years offensively, who played every day or 150 out of 162 games. If he's not there for those 150 games, that is quite the difference in a team. If you can see with your local teams, it's always it's great for us. The Yankees were judging Stanton aren't there. The Phillies, you know, Joe and Harper weren't there. The Mets, if Alonzo's not there. You know, or even there's the ability that Lindor was struggling for a while, and that really kind of kept the Mets just not doing great. Lindor yeah. started playing better, the team played better. Mm. So you can see the impact. Yes, a pitcher, I get it, but he pitches one every, every five days. You're going to go, oh, man, we really could use that win today. Yeah, we're good, we got our ace on the mound. I get that. Oh, we're missing him. Oh. But someone else is still going to come in and win you some games. He's just not. I know what you mean. I, I know. I get it. And people use, oh, well. He comes in and pitches seven shutout innings. The bullpen doesn't get taxed as much. Also, the offense scores a bunch. It's a low-key game because of that. He helps the next carryover games. But if you want to use that logic, this was their big, that was their big logic for Kershaw that year because he, you know, the bullpen was very not taxed with him that year. Mm. What if he gets beat up? Pitches four innings, five earned. You're going to still use that logic when the bullpen has to use a lot that game, which means they can't be used the next game, which means he could be affected the next game. Mm. Still going to use that logic? No. If you're not going to use it for both sides, you can't use that logic. Right. Because right. You, get, you come out and pitch one inning, give up six runs, you lost that game, right? Hmm. Well, let's say your bullpen had to come in and pitch this guy, this, and this, and this. Now he can't pitch tomorrow. Maybe he probably can't pitch the next day. Maybe he gets sent down. You can't use him for a week. Are you talking about all those games that he got affected? No. Well, oh, well, he kept the bullpen fresh this time. But he also didn't do it three times ago. 
So you got if you're going to use that, which is fine, use it for both sides. Right. Yeah, I hear so, you. This isn't just because I hate pitchers. No. Or just like DeGrom. And that's why I wanted to – you've always felt this way about every always. guy that won the MVP. Like so. I said, a reliever, I don't like that either. But at least you said that. I mean, like we were talking about Mark Mark Marshall, who just passed away recently. He won Cy Young as a reliever. Mm. He pitched 100-something games that year. That's 100 games. That's a lot of games. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's you know, that's impactful. Sure. So, 34 games, 35 games, 36 games. I mean, yeah. that's just – It's not even a third of the season, really. It's a month of the season. Yeah. You just don't see it being an MVP, you know, most valuable player, being being that important to your team. I get it, their importance. It's just position players just have – they're there every day. And that one hit leads to that guy getting a double to lead you to scoring a run. It's just you can go on and on and dig into it. Mm. And so. it's not saying the pitcher's role isn't important because that's not the argument at no, all. No. You know, they're very important, especially if you especially if you have a guy like DeGrom right now. Who else would you want? You know what I mean? They're They're – extremely valuable assets to a team. You know, you have the guy out there that every fifth day you're like, all right, we got this. Or at least, at the very least, we're in the game. You're we're, winning 89, 90% of the time he's out there. You're yeah. at least winning that game. He might not get the win, but your team's winning. Right. That's that's great. You, yeah, you can't replace that value. It's just, are they worthy of most valuable player when you have, like you said, you alluded to, to Pete Alonzo or, or Jeff McNeil or guys like this because we're, you know, keeping with the Mets with DeGrom. Um, you have guys like that day in and day out, grinding out at bats, playing innings in the field. Yeah. You know, and a pitcher obviously has his own feeling too, but yeah, you know, what? he's not ranging 150 feet to go chase the ball down. <clears throat> no, in the outfield, or he's not making a diving play for a double play. Mm-hmm. Well, most likely, you know, he's getting a comeback or a field of bunt or something like that, go back up third base and stuff like that. It's, mm. His impact is it obviously a good pitcher and ace impacts the game. He does, mm-hmm. but only once every five times. Compared to a batter who impacts the game, you know, he has four or five at bats. Yeah. One out of every five, you know, he's get he's getting a bat, four or five at bats a game. Yeah. And a play in the field. Well a pitcher's getting one out of every five, five games and maybe a player two in the field. That's quite a lapse. Yeah. And it's just hard to compare the two. Yeah. It, give the MVP in football to the kicker. Because <laughs> he you mean. plays once every so often. You're not gonna do it. I mean, he won you a bunch of games. Yeah, he didn't miss. But, maybe. Getting, but how many times does it get? The, the, someone else has to get you down to that that part of the field to even get to use him. You're never gonna see that. You're never gonna see a kicker in it. I'm not saying a kicker and a pitcher or similar, but it's yeah, that concept. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I just don't think pitchers should win MVP. Yeah, so. I I don't. I wouldn't say I like it. I would say more I don't mind it if when it's relegated to these kind of years, because then at least there's the argument because then you could look at it and say, well, this guy was record breaking was, was this good. I mean, like I said, in the it, Verlander had almost 25 wins. He only, only had five losses and, and, and Kershaw. ERA. Yeah. And Kershaw in his year had a 1.77 ERA. ERA. So that's a little bit, that's pretty, both pretty damn good years, you know? So at least, you know, and say DeGrom, the pace he's at is, is, Un, is just unbelievable. There's really no other way to slice it. If he beats um, Bob Gibson's ERA, you could give him some votes. But he's still not going to have 28 complete games. Right, like yeah. Bob Gibson had, you mm-hmm. know, and all that all the other crap he had. Mm-hmm. Also facing guys who didn't swing and miss quite as much as they do now. That's true. That's quite different, too. So, I mean, if he does all, break some records, okay, at least you can give him something. But I just don't see it. I just don't yeah. see th- how 34 games can impact out of 162 of them. Right, yeah. And it goes back to what we said. You know, they have the Cy Young. 
That's yeah. to show the excellence of the pitcher. But after it's, Cy Young, okay, a little bit different story. You break some records, okay, a little bit different story. You know, mm. you pitch 50, 60, 70 times a year like they used to, okay, a little bit different story. Yeah. But also the fact you pitch 34 times, six of them, you're no good. Yeah. You're not going to be perfect. Some of you're okay. 15 of them, you're really good. So you're getting 15 really good games. Well, hitters got to have 115, you know, good games. That's true. Just. It's just different. It's apples to oranges, you know. It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, yeah, I never liked it. Mm. I don't care if Babe Ruth won it. It's <laughs> just straight pitching, mm. or a guy for the Yankees, or Chris Sale won him. Doesn't matter if I love the player, or I don't like the player. Just doesn't make sense. Right. I, I got gotcha. you. I appreciate it. Sure, I like that guy. So great, <laughs> but it doesn't make sense. Right. Still doesn't make it right. You know? All right. Well, I mean, that's you know, like I said, I I, I don't hate it. Uh, if if they made a rule that said, "Hey, the the MVP is now rele- relegated to position players," I'm I'm in. You know, I I don't hate the idea. It's just like I said, if it is relegated to these historical or almost like just there's such an outlier year, or or say they have a good year like that, and there's no one really that you could say is this is the MVP, that is fair too. So I think that there's there's circumstances, but I think the circumstances all have to align for it yeah. to happen. So and, I, and I think that's fair. And we uh, we keep talking to Grom just because he just seems to be the guy everyone is on everyone's mind in the ERA record he's chasing. Yeah, rightfully so. At the point he's at, you know. If they missed the playoffs. Does that do anything for you? Because you can say he's most valuable, but his 34 games you didn't get you to the playoffs. And a position player, you can say the same thing. They missed the playoffs too. And we've seen with Trout. But at least his, he had more chances to get you there. Yeah. Or to even not get you there. Like, hey, I had, a, I had 130 games that I could have messed up, too. Yeah, that's true. You had 34 games that you could have messed up. We can yeah. almost, you know, overcome you know overcome half of them 34 games not being so good. 80 games I play this year are no good. Hard to overcome that. Yeah. Yeah. You have your three, four, five, six hitter batting like crap, you know. Yeah. You, you know we're in trouble yeah i i mean i i wonder how people feel about that i'm not really sure i have no idea how generally baseball fans feel about that i would imagine it's not a, an overwhelming majority in one way or the other i think it's a good conversation and you know we'll see so you know leave comments yeah. or kind of let us know what you think yeah i just again mvp she most valuable player cy young most valuable pitcher and then at that point have just best player of the year which they kind of have this way you can just be anybody. It doesn't have to be. He's just the best. He was the best player at, at, at anybody this year. Yeah, yeah. At an old position. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense. But to say most valuable, it's just hard to compare. just hard to compare someone playing 30 games. Yeah, it's a hard sell. I get it. Absolutely. So let's move on to, from there, let's move on to our news segment um, of the show. And like I said at the top, and I've said a lot of weeks that the news is kind of slow. Um, I think things are going to start ramping up with the trade deadline. And, uh, you know, I know you got something with uh, a certain team becoming – maybe buyers uh, at the deadline. So maybe weeks coming up might have a little bit more, more traction. But the first piece of news that I wanted to get into uh, is regarding the foreign substance uh, crackdown the MLB is going through. Uh, and I have a pretty long quote here from Buster Olney of ESPN regarding um, possible, you know, end to this saga of MLB's kind of crackdown on it, or at least, you know, putting some sort of in writing what they want out of the players. So quote, Uh, Major League Baseball is putting the final touches on a memo that will detail the sports rule against foreign substances uh, with the expectation, sources say, that the document will be forwarded to teams sometime in the next few days and presented to coaching staffs and players. The actual order for umpires to enforce the rule might occur a week later in the range of June 21st, according to sources. 
But the elongated rollout and source-driven discussion of the foreign substance crackdown has been by design to some degree, has been by design to some degree. MLB's hope is that pitchers who use foreign substances like spider tack and homemade super glues will be scared straight by the public conversation and stop using them, sources said. Um, so that all coming again from Buster Olney, ESPN, who's a pretty good uh, beat writer and a good reporter. He usually breaks a lot of stuff. So maybe by the time you hear this, there might be some sort of um, leak by the MLB or there might be actual um, hard and fast rules coming out. And then, like I said, or it says here in the, in the quote, by next week, uh, there could be umpires, you know, when the guys come off the mound, umpires go, hey, you know, because that's what I've heard is that the umpires at any discretion could just pull the guy aside and say, hey, let me check you out. You want to do it in between innings to keep the, process, the, the speed of the game going. Right, so that yeah. So that actually makes sense. Yeah, so, so. that's that's kind of where we're at with that whole... And they can check whole... any player, too. Check right, catcher, right. They can check his guards. They can check the first baseman's mate. They can check anybody. Uh, infielder goes to the mound a lot. During anybody, coach, anybody. Mm-hmm. So um, we talked about foreign substance for a couple of weeks now. So, I mean, this is just a, an ongoing saga for baseball. But they're actually... Working towards it, and I think actually in a, in a relatively good spot with this one, at least. So, you know, that's one positive for them. Yeah. So some other things I just want to throw out there. Our young players are taking over the league, as we already kind of known, but now we see them in the races for um, league leaders, um, including the home run race, which is coming down. I mean, not coming down because we've got some time, but, I mean, it, it's quite large with some quite a diverse name. Uh, I mean, obviously, Vlad leading it with, what, 20? Yeah. A young, obviously, Baby face Vlad, you know, mm-hmm. young guy. Yeah. You got guys like Otani, a pitcher who also hits, you know, he's in there. And then big mashers like Matt Olson. Then you got guys like Jesse Winker mm-hmm. who are coming out of nowhere right in the hunt. So it's, it's quite diverse. So that's great. But these young players taking over, as you see with Bo Bichette, Vlad's teammate, and, and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of young guys, just Tatis. Guys for the Cardinals, they got a young guy Tyler O'Neill and, and Bader. I mean, they got everywhere, but they're, a lot of these guys are playing well and, and in the hunt for these these league leaders and awards mm-hmm. at the mid, you know, almost at the mid season point. At this point, we're about a month away from the mid season point. Yeah, a month and a half before the All Star break. So um, it's great to see. It's great to see. Yeah, um, great absolutely. For the game. And also to go along with that, we got Vlad Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the Triple Crown hunt for the whole league. Yeah. Not just to AL or NL for the whole league, because I believe he is leading the whole league in home runs, as we just said. He's leading the whole league in RBIs, and he's betting what three forty four. He's second in the whole league in average behind Nick Cassianos, who's betting three sixty one mm-hmm. coming to today. So he's right there. A couple hits for Vlad, a couple outs from Cassianos. You're talking three fifties, and they're both in the hunt. For that's a, a triple crown. I mean, that's impressive in his, in his own. You know, but for the whole league, I don't think we've seen one of them since. Fifty six with Mantle. Was was Mantle? Yeah, I guess Mantle was the whole league, right? Yeah, because no one's done it. Because Miggy did it, but he was just the AL, right? Yeah, he was yeah. the first triple crown since since then, right? I believe it w- it would be then since Mantle did that. I think the whole he, league. I think it was the whole league. Yeah, I could be wrong. Which is even more impressive for something that's uh, yeah. unbelievable to do. Yeah. So, and then my last little bit, which you kind of uh, you know. Shout out to was uh, the Cubs. Rumors are the Cubs are buyers, and obviously, as they're playing now, um, that would make a lot of sense. So mm. we're already seeing people. Let me just show this. This is going on in the clubhouses and to teams and GMs and trade talks already. But teams are already kind of making their decisions. Like, hey, we're buyers. Hey, we're sellers. So you're going to start seeing a lot of rumors at this point. Cubs going here. This guy going there. This doing this. So you know, it's obviously going to get really exciting and really crazy here 
really soon. Sure. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, just, you know, like I said, to continue off of that, uh, not uh, too much in the way of news, but I thought that we'd update you on kind of the all-star voting that we're looking at here. So, as we brought up last week, all-star vote voting has gotten underway, and we already have a look at who the starters could be. As of right now, Vlad Guerrero Jr., probably <laughs> rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, he actually barely leads all voting, edging out Ronald Cunha Jr. They're both in, both in the 800s, 800,000s, I should say. Um, I didn't want to give vote totals because it's just ever-changing. Yeah, you know, just, yeah. By the time I read it today, and then I read by, it to you. It would be doubled by Thursday. Yeah, it, would, it, would, it wouldn't be relevant. So, this, these are the current leaders as of recording this. Um, and I'm just going to go around the diamond for the AL and the NL. Uh, catching is Salvador Perez for the AL. First base is Vlad Guerrero Jr. Second base, Marcus Simeon. Shortstop, Xander Bogarts. Third base, Rafael Devers. And your outfielders are Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, and Byron Buxton. And Shohei Otani is the DH. For the NL, the leaders are Buster Posey at catcher, Max Muncy at first, Ozzy Albies at second, Tatis at short, Chris Bryant at third. And your outfielders are Acuna, Castellanos, and Winker. And like I said, Vlad is the leader overall. Definitely a leader in the AL, and Acuna is kind of right behind him. So those are your, those are your current All Stars. Um, they didn't release the starters. I believe the, the, um, the pitchers are more picked by the, they're more picked internally, right? I don't know if they have such a vote with the fans. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, they they get released like there's like how many of them at a time? Yeah, they get picked kind of coaches and, and and players and kind of do it that way. Yeah. So if you're looking for where well, where's you know. Well, where's DeGrom or where's Cole or, you know, so they get picked. They'll be on there. It's just they get picked internally. And then before we get into who's doing the best right now, just offered a little, uh, just saw an interesting article I saw on uh, CBS Sports. Um, Pete Alonzo offers a, an interesting theory about the MLB. Um, he, he offers the theory that the MLB has been tampering with the baseballs every year and they do it in a way to directly affect the upcoming free agent class. Uh, not only could the statement possibly land Alonzo in some trouble, but it also could potentially take an effect on the upcoming CBA agreement since the players in the league are already at, kind of at odds with each other. Um, so I just thought that was a little interesting theory by Alonzo because I do think that there's maybe some merit to that. And if he's saying it, then I'm sure – I don't know if he was necessarily speaking out of his ass. I'm sure he heard something. Or maybe the person that told him was speaking out their ass. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah, that's what but, gets me too with Alonzo is the fact that he's only been in the league for – this is going to be his second full year because last year was, you know – 60 games so it's mm. like you know you don't have much experience there so you're getting some of this info from somewhere right right someone's telling you this he's not just i mean otherwise he's coming up with this with just a very small sample size hard to you know really get behind somebody like that you know mm. it's like if you see one game and you're like well this guy's the greatest player because he was three for three today you know it's like well it's it's an unbelievably small sample size <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. You get guys in the league who's been here for 20 years is pulos mm-hmm. pulos saying this hey yeah, you got to listen. Yeah, he's been doing it for 20 years. He's seen, you know, a whole age of the whole game change mm-hmm. multiple times. Right. That would make more sense. Alonzo's been here for, this is his second year, third year, and one year was 60 games, which is, you can't really credit that with anything because the rules were different. Mm-hmm. Even this year, start the year, it really was hard to really uh, go along with. So 2019 was this real full year of like that. This is normal. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's, you know, it's interesting, but, you know, we got to see where that kind of came from. Yeah, see where what he means by that and see if the CBA agreements do, if we do see a little bit of, not that that had a direct impact on it, but that kind of talk from the players and from the league makes an effect on the CBA agreements. So yeah. it's interesting theory to, to kind of hold. Uh, and then finally, to wrap it up, who's doing the best right now? The Rays currently hold the best record in the league at 42-24, and 24, with the White Sox right behind them at 41-24. and 24. 
Uh, over in the NL, the Giants hold the best record in the league at 40 and 25, with the Dodgers right behind them at 39 and 26. Uh, the White Sox currently hold the best run differential in the league at plus 106, and the Pirates hold the worst at minus 90. Uh, I will make note that, believe it or not, and I couldn't actually believe it myself, although I, they're in the middle of a huge slide, the Diamondbacks are like minus 80. Yeah. Um, I believe they fired their hitting coach, just also as an aside. Oh, um, they had two hitting coaches. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so they're in a bit of a, a kind of a curious slide because they really shouldn't be as bad as they're playing. Um I just it was surprising to see Pirates, Tigers, Diamondbacks just didn't there's a lot of things this year that don't make sense. Braves and Yankees are bad. You know, teams like that or in the cellar like that. You have teams like the Red Sox are excelling. It's it's very weird year in baseball and I just kind of want to kind of look, I mean the the Giants are in first in the NL. Oh it doesn't make it, it nothing makes sense. So yeah, yeah. um if yeah. you know, if you expected a normal year in baseball, you were sadly mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Uh, just to go out there, I got some you know hot and cold teams as well. Some hot teams include the Rays, White Sox, the A's, the Angels, Brewers, Reds, and Cubs. Some cold teams include the Yankees, Royals, Cardinals, Diamondbacks, and Pirates. Diamondbacks are 0-10 in their last 10 games played. So that kind of and, – and not long ago, they were – I believe they were, what, I don't know, 0-12 when the Royals were – Oh, one fifteen or something. I don't know. I, I know that the they were like one in their last fifteen or so. So they two recent slides. They're like five and thirty or something in their last month or so. It's something yeah, ridiculous. It's not quite good, and they have no. some you know some talent there. Yeah, I don't understand it. I really don't. So uh, those are some hot and cold teams that I just want to throw out there, um, you know, as well. Yeah. Um, so that leads us into our one of our last segments: uh, who's hot and who's not. I will make note uh, at the time of recording this, or at the time of writing my notes here. I didn't know who the the players of the week were and i'm missing one of them uh max stassi uh, i want to include him here because he did win player of the week and he had a pretty unbelievable week i just don't know why yeah. i didn't see the stats reflected uh when i went to write these guys in so i just want to give him a shout out he definitely you know he definitely hit well um but my hot players for this week are in no particular order like usual number one michael brantley uh 600 average over the last week 850 slugging a 1502 ops just absolutely ridiculous Number two, Ahmed Rosario, 500 average over the last week, 591 slugging and a 1091 OPS. Uh, number three, Gene Segura, 476 average, 667 slugging and a 1208 OPS. Uh, Starling Marte, number four, 458 average, 625 slugging, 1125 OPS. And number five, no surprise here, Vlad Guerrero Jr., batting 450 with a 950 slugging and a 1527 OPS over the last week. Um, so all of those guys just absolutely mashed the ball. And like I said, just a shout out to Max, uh, Max Stassi, I didn't see. That he won that. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are, are playing great. Yeah. Marte, i seen firsthand with fancy <laughs> this week. So, yeah. that was, you know, hurtful. But, uh, some of the guys to throw out there, Bo Bichette, who i also seen firsthand, um, <laughs> playing very good. And Matt Olson, he's just having a great year, batting up in the 280s in the hunt for the, you know, the home run crown as of now, mm. and leading the league in exit velocity. Mm. So he is just having a great, great, great year. After last year, hitting a bunch of home runs, but average struggling. So uh, great to see um, a great young player um, uh, come back. Actually, this is the best I think he's ever been offensively at this point with the yeah. power and the average. So uh, great for him, and he's probably right up there as one of my favorite players in, in the game right now. Yeah, he's great. So, great player. Uh, that's, that's great. Um, some pitchers I want to throw out there doing great. Walker Bueller, Zach Davies. Anthony Descafani, Joe Ross, Craig Kimbrell, and Josh Hader. All those guys had great, 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 great weeks over mm-hmm. the last seven, seven to eight days. It's been p- pitching great. Mm-hmm. So I just want to throw those guys out there um, as well. 
You could probably just write DeGrom in there at this point every week, too. <laughs> yeah, well. You could probably just pencil him in, you know, at this point. But, yeah. but I mean, it's good also with these weeks, especially with hot and cold guys, uh, to give credit, especially with the hot guys. If someone's, you know, playing, um, someone maybe a lesser player is playing really good this week, it's like it's nice to spotlight the guys that, you know, because everyone knows DeGrom's doing well. So it's nice to spotlight you know, guys that we wouldn't normally like, like Starling Marte, Gene Segura, like guys like this that don't normally get the, get the credit, you know? So, uh, onto the cold players, uh, Reese Hoskins, zero average, zero slugging, a 136 OPS over the last week. I believe 0 for 20, 0 for 21, something in that ballpark. Not great. Uh, number two, Dominic Smith, 048 average with an 048 slugging and an 095 OPS over the last week. Not great. Um, number three, Dylan Carlson, 095 average over the last week with a 190 slugging and a 327 OPS. Number four, Yohan Moncada, uh, 143 average over the last week, a 190 slugging and a 364 OPS. And finally, number five, Whit Merrifield with a 148 average, a 148 slugging and a 327 OPS over the last week. So, um, some big names there. And what, two of them, the top two guys are in the NL East, which makes sense because that division's been pretty. Weird. Pretty uh, lackluster. You know, a lot of people thought it would be the best division in baseball, and yeah, it's competitive, but for a different reason that people... Wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, some other guys I want to throw out there, Austin Meadows, Sean Murphy, and Eric Hosmer. Mm-hmm. I just weird that a lot of these guys are either on my team or I played against this last week, so that <laughs> explains why I might have lost um, <laughs> in, a, in a good battle, but uh came up on the short end. So, mm-hmm. um, some cold pitchers, uh, Bubik for the Royals, young guy. Randy Dubnak, great story, you know the, the Uber guy, but um, not pitching great. So, um, but he got, he got a big contract extension before the season. That's right, yeah. Uh, Antonio Sensatella, Rollis Chapman, who I also have, um, and Martin Perez. So those are some pitchers who are really struggling mm. um, over the last uh, seven or eight days. So um, you know, see if they could bounce back. Especially um, a couple of them guys, uh, Dubnak would be you know big for the Twins. Yeah. Um, Chapman obviously for for the Yankees. Martin Perez for the Red Sox. So there's some some names that I really need to. Um, get back into form. Um, Chapman, I mean, this is only once more of a blip uh, on the, on the map here compared to some of the other guys. But yeah, that's, that's it for the, the hot and cold players uh, to get into uh, the injuries. Um, it was uh, a better week than most, not quite as good as last week, but you know, on the injury front, um, mm. we had Severino was rehabbing, injured his groin during his rehab assignment. Didn't look great. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting word on that. Nick Madrigold, terrible injury. Two hamstring tears um, placed directly on the 60-day DL. Um, the season's not quite over for him, but um, it's going to be you know hard hard for him to come back. Don't want to say it again, but another fantasy guy of mine. Another guy, Ian Kennedy, placed in the IL. Max Scherzer left to start early after about 11 pitches. Mm-hmm. Muncy placed in the IL. Travis Shaw placed in the 60-day IL. Evan Longoria, again, mm-hmm. IL, ran into Crawford collision. Yep. On the better side of things, Zach Britton. Activated, Luke Voice starting a rehab assignment. Danny Duffy, um, ramping up activities. Matt Cup, Max Kepler starting a rehab assignment. Miguel Rojas starting a rehab assignment. Dylan Patantis starting a rehab assignment. Trent Grisham back and Matt Bum thrown off the mound. And then the one guy you can always throw on there, I always do, is Chris Sale. Hmm. Um, through another bullpen session at Fenway the other day, and he said that he actually felt like a pitcher again. And the uh, Cora and some of the scouts and, and some of the players around said that he looked great. They don't want to get their expectations up too high, but they, he looked great. Right. So that would be huge for obviously for them and their chase 
but also for for the game because he's a great pitcher. Yeah, um, and does it a little bit different than the other guys. So sure, yeah, and for a team with like the Red Sox, we're just hitting the crap out of the ball. You get another guy in there, you get the ace back. Can, yeah, I mean it just it it's it's going to be really good for them. See, yeah, say we like pitchers. <laughs> yeah, so we like them. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so to get to the last part, or trivia question, and it goes uh, it goes along with uh, some of the some of the stuff we talked about with the, with the home run chases, obviously, and, and some of the young players. Mm-hmm. So uh, the trivia question is: Who is the youngest home run champ in MLB history? Um, so either led the AL, NL, or both leagues. So who's the youngest home run champ? Mike uh, was close, and then he finally kind of locked down. Just couldn't quite get the name right. Mm. Um, and he'll he'll probably be able to pronounce it better than I can. But um, the answer is in 1965, Tony kind of Tony Canigliaro. Canigliaro, say it. yeah, yeah. He for the Red Sox, he was 20 years old, 269 days old when he won, led the home run, uh, led the league in home runs. He led the AL in home runs with 32 that year. And the backstory with him is he was great. For yep. a very short period, um, second highest home runs before he turned twenty behind Mel Ott, who he's like that, that's the standard. Born mm. to twenty, he's like oh okay, he was the best teenager ever. His career was cut short, um, derailed when he gets hit in the eye. Nineteen sixty seven, nineteen sixty seven was a uh, you know going somewhere for the Red Sox season. Yeah, and that really uh, derailed that season for them and derailed his career. Um, he missed the next season, came back, was not the same player. Played another year after that, and then I believe he took like four or five years off, tried to make another comeback after that, and just didn't was not the same. So he had a very short career for a guy who was just just had something, had something there. Could have been you know Hall of Famer, yeah, um, and maybe uh, helped the Red Sox uh, break the curse earlier. Um, but yeah, so the youngest home run champ um, ever, 1965, Tony Canigliaro. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, he was 20 years old and 269 days old, 32. Yeah, um, Red Sox fans are v- probably very familiar with that story, especially old school Red Sox fans. He was supposed to be amazing, um, like a next, you know, they wanted him to be like the next Ted Williams. I can only imagine him and Yaz in the lineup together. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was kind of at that sparked the end of the no flap helmet um, because they said that if he had the one flap, like most you know players do now, and they even go further with the kind of the jaw, like the chin guard type thing that if he had that flap covering his ear, that it could have saved him. It could have added some protection. It could sure. have possibly saved him. So, because you turn um, your head late yeah. and you have no flap there, the ball is still going to hit you, not maybe quite right in the eye, but right on the side of the eye there. Yeah. And obviously, you know, it's where a lot of bones are. Just, you know, bust an eye socket or, or and that cuts a ligament, and all of a sudden, you know, you, your eye's not in your head anymore. Yeah. That makes it quite hard to hit. Yeah. Especially as a right-handed hitter, if you get hit, you obviously in the left eye. I mean, yeah. Not that you're looking at one eye, but that's kind of your your lead eye. Yeah. If you want yeah. to say that. Mm-hmm. You know, your more front eye. Yes, yeah, so that's a shame. That's the trivia question, though. So. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I wonder how many... I don't know how many people really... I, I think a lot of people know that story to some degree, or at least have heard of it. You know, a Red Sox guy that came up and kind of had his career cut short, but... Yeah, I know. I know. I'm almost positive a lot of Red Sox fans are very familiar with that story because it's a great what could have been uh, story in baseball. Um, but yeah, it's a good one because I, I I couldn't think of it, but it it just you gave me that hint where you said, oh, he didn't have a long career. I'm like, oh, I know who it was. Like, I just yeah. I, it just hit me, hit me like a truck. 
But uh, yeah, this, so that's um, that's kind of all I got for this week. Uh, just again, really slow news weeks kind of hitting us. So it's always good we have our topic of conversation to really kind of drive drive the episode here and um, and drive our conversation. So uh, we'll, you know, regardless of what the news is like, we'll still come with some sort of topic and we'll we'll be able to talk baseball. So uh, like I said, that's kind of all I got though for for this week. I don't know what you got. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. Uh, the only thing you know you want to throw out there is. Um... Uh, one this weekend is Father's Day. Yep. So that's always, um, uh, you know, one of those baseball holidays where, um, you know, you get to hear some stories and dads at the ballpark and stuff like that. So that's always great. Uh, so happy Father's Day to everyone, early Father's Day to everybody and enjoy the games. Um, also, it's actually my dad's birthday tomorrow. Oh. So it's birthday to him. So he's his birthday is always right before Father's Day, or sometimes on Father's Day. That's how it goes. Mm. This year it's before, but yeah. So Dad's birthday is tomorrow, Father's Day this weekend. So um, you know, hopefully everybody can enjoy that. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're 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 starting to come into the dog days here, All Star break and, and trade deadline and stuff like that. So the news weeks are going to speed up, and um, yeah, we got a lot of a lot of things going on in uh, the front offices of baseball, but also on the field. Yeah, and uh, at this point in the season, you kind of really know where everyone's at. Uh, the law of averages start to kind of come into play. And uh, if you had a bad April or maybe you leaked into May, your team, it starts now where you really see who's the good teams, who's the bad teams. And, uh, you know, that could last the rest of the year. Or who knows, maybe you kind of go into the so, – you know, there's very famous second-half stories in baseball. So uh, never say never, but this is kind of – this is do or die, really. This is the point. It's kind of do or die, yeah. you know. Teams start making decisions. Are we buyers or are we sellers? It's It's now. Yep. So, uh, it's, it's, it's time to go and time to make some decisions. You know, obviously those decisions can change the landscape of the league this year, um, this season, but also years to come. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, we're going to keep watching and see what happens and maybe some teams start to really turn it on or some teams really start to fall, you know, like a def- it, it happens both ways. Yeah. You know, you never know what, with baseball. And one quick, and one quick example of that, just, just to show everybody how important these trades at the deadline could be. Fernando Tatis was traded from the White Sox to the Padres for James Shields. James Shields had an over five-year right for the White Sox hmm. and did nothing for them. Really helped them do nothing. Quite literally. And Tatis is now at the Padres. So you can see how these games and these trades at this point could really, really impact the league and for years to come. Yeah. So that's obviously one of our biggest stars in baseball, traded for James Shields on the back end of his career who helped the White Sox, didn't help the White Sox really at that yeah. point. So. Um, good point. It's, it's, you know, look out for some of these names and there's some big names, um, getting thrown around. Yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely see what happens. I love the trade deadline. It's one of my favorite times of the year to see where the, where the chips fall, you know? So it's always the be biggest cool. deadline. Yeah, absolutely. You know, no sport quite gets the deadline like that where people are just going nuts. Yeah. It's like the, the MLB's version of like the NFL draft. There's no draft quite like the NFL's. There's no trade deadline like the MLB's. Yeah. Or NFL know? free agency. Yeah. Once that opens and the tampering period opens, I mean that goes nuts. Yeah, baseball, yeah. Baseball that leaks all over the place, but that's true. Yeah, but, but baseball's trade deadline is, is crazy. Anything can happen. Uh, ask the you know the Pirates; uh, they really ruined their franchise there <laughs> with some bad, with a bad trade. Yeah. So um, anything can happen. Uh, the trade deadline it takes us, I guess, one yes, and by the time the trade's over, you're like, well, shouldn't have done that one. Yeah, and yeah. You did the story the other day with, with the ground getting traded for Kelly Shopping. Yeah, so, which oh my god, <laughs> things can happen. Uh, you know, you don't get answers to some of these trades for five, six, seven years. So. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, but, yeah, so uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, happy birthday to Frank's dad. <laughs> and, um, 
you know, that's kind of all I got. So if, you know, if you got anything else you want to wrap up with, let's just uh, wrap this up and get out of here. No, that's it. That's, that's all we got. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel, as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLaPree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLaPree. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.